Hi, I'm Kelly. And I'm Carrie. And, and we're, we're identical, identical twins. twins. We are so excited to talk to you about all things related to church music here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Now each week we will break down a hymn. It could be an old favorite or it could be one you've never heard of. But it is our prayer that you will worship with us no matter what song it is. So let's get started here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Hi everyone. Hi everyone. <laughs> I'm Kelly. I'm Carrie. And we're Identical Twins. And here we are for another episode of Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. All right. So we are just loving our podcast family. Yes, we have a kind of a big podcasting community that we're a part of. And it's all kind of new to us. Yes. Some of you may listen to tons of podcasts or you may just be new at it like us. But, you know, you can find our podcast on Apple Music, yep. iTunes, Google, Spotify, Spreaker. Yeah, we're everywhere. But when you want another podcast to listen to, like, how do you find it? Right. It's nice if someone could give you a recommendation. Yeah. So, so we joined a Christian community of mm -hmm. podcasters, and um, we actually ended up connecting with an awesome woman named yeah. Gloria. Yep. So we wanted to spend a couple of minutes telling you about her so you could find her and you can listen to her mm -hmm. if you want. Her podcast is called Create Confidence. Right. Her podcasts are meant to inspire you and yeah. empower you, and it's just that little jolt of like good energy mm. that can help you, mm. you know, throughout your day or your week or whatever. And on top of that, she loves hymns. Mm -hmm. So it's nice that we have this thing in common now. We're all female Christian podcasters. Yeah. We both love music. We're both doing the mom thing, the working thing, yeah. you know, and she's offering all of this help and advice to people. Right. She's a life coach. Mm -hmm. So I hope you give her podcast a try. Yeah. You know, I listened to uh, the episode about perfectionism, mm -hmm. which I don't really think I'm a perfectionist. <laughs> but I mean, it was really interesting what she had to say. And she gave personal stories of her and her daughters. Mm -hmm. And even if you don't think that's necessarily a, a, a crutch or an obstacle for you, I mean, it is interesting to yeah. think about and yeah. how and what values, you know, we sort of put on our kids right. about what they could be doing or should be doing. Mm. I mean, it's and what pressure we might even be putting on them without even without knowing. E right. Yeah. Well, I really loved the episode that I listened. She was talking about God sightings. It's these moments in your life that, you know, you would just walk right by them and not even think that much about them. But then you realize that we have a God, a God who is sovereign, a God who loves us, a God who intercedes into in our lives. Mm -hmm. And then you realize, oh, my gosh, that was God. That was a God sighting. So I wanted to share a little God sighting that I had this week. Oh, good. I, Let's hear it. So most people around here know that I also work, I own my own company called Card My Yard, mm -hmm. and we go out and we do these big yard signs. They're huge. If you ever see a big sign on a yard, um, you know that that's what I do. Mm -hmm. And so we pulled up to this house to put up this huge sign. We had two that night. We had two eight-year-old signs in the same town of Reading. We had to set up a Grace sign and a sign for Leo. Okay. So we set up our sign for Leo. It looks so cute. We're climbing over the snow. We're getting wet. We're getting cold. And the mom comes out, and she didn't even, like, look at the sign. She was, like, getting into her car, and she was, like, just yelling at us from afar. Oh, my goodness. She's going to be so excited when she sees this tomorrow. Oh, no. And both my friend and I looked at her, and we were like, who? Who's going to be excited? And she said, again, she is going to be excited. We put the wrong sign up. Oh. So we were so 
aggravated. We had to quickly take it down, and then we had to go to the other one and put the right one up. But when we really did think about it, if that mom didn't come out at that exact moment, and if she didn't say those words, we would have had the two signs up in the wrong house. done at that point we would have had to change it it would have been so embarrassing i know i know i know so i really feel like god interceded there because that could have been a big embarrassing mess yeah so a little a little god sighting so these are just little things you know that remind you that we do have a god who loves us and who cares about these little details of our lives it's easy to praise god in the big things like you know i found a job or i was cured i feel better right but um to praise him in the little things i think is important too right yeah well, and then we've been talking for months about how to, like, up our social media game. Yes. We want to be better. There's a whole social media world out there. And Kenny and I, <laughs> we're not really that good we're at it. We're not great. <laughs> so we really are trying. Here's just another way God interceded for us. He put a, a woman in our path who is like an expert, right? Right. Emily has been talking us through Instagram stories and Facebook posts. Right. I mean, this is a woman who is a social media like expert. She has a background in it, plus she likes it as just a hobby in her life. But on top of that, she's right. a strong woman of faith. Right. She loves the Lord. And guess what? And guess what? She loves him. <laughs> she loves him. And she kind of likes twins, too. And she likes <laughs> twins. So, like, our podcast is perfect for her. Right. And so she, like, gave us this tutorial. We yep. Zoomed with her. So that was awesome just on its own, like, right. to find this person who would help us and mm-hmm. walk us through mm-hmm. these things. But then we end up connecting with her mom. Right. Her mom who was named Sandra, who was awesome. <laughs> yes, and, and guess what? She, she loves hymns. <laughs> and she, she loves, loves twins. twins. <laughs> no, but Sandra, I talked to her, and she was like, listen, you need to know two things about me. And oh, I was like, okay. okay. <laughs> I was thinking birthday, favorite, favorite color. She says, you need to know these two things about me. Okay, what? I love Jesus, and I love music. Aww. And she said, this podcast is just perfect for me. Carrie, that's what I would say. I know, isn't that so cute? I mean, I, but I would have a third one, and I'm a twin. <laughs> Sandra is not a twin. No, she doesn't have that third one. So, I mean, God brought the daughter, Emily, into our mm-hmm. life, and then connected us with the mom who loves the podcast. Yeah, Sandra. And she... Gave us a request. She absolutely gave us a request. I mean, there was no way we were not doing her I know. How could we say no? (laughs) But she said that this hymn was on her mind. Yes. It was on her heart. Mm -hmm. It was so much in her mind, Carrie, that she felt like she needed to tell us. Yes. She was like looking for a way to reach out to us. (laughs) But because we were so bad at social media, (laughs) she couldn't find us. So, yeah. So she picked the hymn for this week. And we are so happy. So, Sandra, I hope you're listening. I'm sure she is. Me too. Because she loves Jesus. And she she loves loves music. music. (laughs) And twins. (laughs) All right. So. The hymn. We've given out a few hints. Yes. So you need to be following us on social media because now we're getting so good at it. So good. (laughs) All right. This week's hymn is... We've a a story story to tell to to the nations. (laughs) All right. Do you guys know this one? This one may not be as well known as some of the other ones we've done. Right. So when we sing it for you, it it may be your first time hearing it. You know, we keep saying one of these weeks we're going to do a hymn that we don't even know. Right. This one we do know. We've definitely sung it at our church. Oh, yeah. We're calling it a hymn. And we've talked in the past on podcasts, Carrie, how Hmm. the difference between hymns and gospel songs. Right. And there's quite a few differences. Absolutely. You know, a hymn 
typically has multiple verses, Mm -hmm. no refrain. Right. We have a story to tell is kind of a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. It has four strong verses and it has a refrain. It's one of those songs that could you could argue that it's a hymn and you could argue that it's a gospel song. Well, I may be arguing later on tonight that it's something entirely right. different. There's a subgenre that yeah. we're talking about. Yeah. 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 Right. And I think that makes the most sense. Okay. Do you want to um, hear the words? Let's get these words out there. I'll play the tune on the piano and hopefully mm-hmm. that tune can get in people's heads. Let's hear it. All right. We have a story to tell to the nations that shall turn their hearts to the right. A story of truth and mercy. A story of peace and light. A story of peace and light. Verse 2. We've a song to be sung to the nations that shall lift their hearts to the Lord. A song that shall conquer evil and shatter the spear and sword. And shatter the spear and sword. Verse 3. We've a message to give to the nations that the Lord who reigneth above hath sent us his Son to save us and show us that God is love and show us that God is love. We've a Savior to show to the nations who the path of sorrow hath trod, that all of the world's great peoples may come to the truth of God, may come to the truth of God. I love the cumulative nature of these verses. Yeah. You know, it's a story that we're telling. Mm -hmm. It's a song that we're singing. Then it's a message we're giving. And finally, it's a savior that we're showing. You know, it all leads up to that last verse of being a savior. All right, so now we have the refrain. I mean, that 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 could be a hymn right there, verse one, two, three, and four. Okay. And honestly, as the worship leader planning worship, sometimes I would mix this up a little bit right. and do verse one, verse two together, and then a refrain. Right. Verse three, verse four together, and then a refrain, because it does it does get a little much. Code verse one, refrain. Verse two, it's a lie. I mean, we, do we need to sing the refrain four, four times. times? Right. Yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna sing it once. All right. Let's show them. All right. For the darkness shall turn to dawning, and the dawning to noonday bright. And Christ's great kingdom shall come on earth, the kingdom of love and light. That is like fast and peppy and energetic. I know. I like had to get myself sort of psyched up to sing it. I think that's why they don't want to call it a hymn because of right. that kind of uh, liveliness. Mm-hmm. You know, did did we have lively hymns, you know, back no. then? No, Not gospel really. hymns. Yes. Gospel hymns will be lively and energetic, but mm-hmm. hymns tended to be a little more yep. solemn. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is powerful. Right. And its message is clear, Carrie. Right. Well, there's an urgency to it. Yes, it's not like mm, maybe someday we'll be we'll get around to this. Yeah. there is an urgency to this, and that's what you hear in and, the rhythm in the music. Right, Carrie, and the refrain tells you what happens when you've told the story and mm-hmm. shown the Savior. The darkness turns to dawning, mm-hmm. the dawning to noonday bright, mm-hmm. and Christ's great kingdom will come on earth. I mean, isn't that what we pray every week in the Lord's right. Prayer? Right. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Right. Yeah. So that's it's quoting that prayer too. So around this time, late 1800s, early 1900s, we're seeing this 
this subgenre of music, of church music come out, and it's this missionary hymn or mission hymn. Okay. We're seeing these hymns sung sort of as a response to the Great Commission. Okay. Right? This is Matthew 28, 16 to 20. What does the Bible <laughs> say? So this is the NIV version. Okay. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, these words recorded at the end of Matthew's gospel immediately follow the writer's account of the resurrection. Right. So I sort of feel like this is the hymnspiration. Yeah. These hymn writers want to write about the vocation of foreign missions. Right. And so it's almost like whether it's a hymn Mm-hmm. Or a gospel song, it doesn't really matter because what it is is it's it can fall under either one, right? And it's a missionary hymn, and these were there were hundreds of these, right? And they all had like a similar feel to them. Mm-hmm. They expressed a necessity and like an urgency mm-hmm. of missions. You mm-hmm. know, when you think of like a lyrical sweet melody right. of like "It Is Well with My Soul," you're not going to have that kind of melody right. when you're trying to convey urgency, right? Right. The words were commanding. And they were a powerful way to rally support yeah. for these early American missionaries. Mm-hmm. You know, could you picture everyone singing this? And also it would be it would be used to inspire men and women mm-hmm. to become missionaries. Yes. And it would be a way to encourage men and women who were already out on the mm-hmm. mission field. So these hymns had many purposes. There were many, many missionary songs. And I had never really even heard about this category. So I have two names for this category. So you just called them missionary songs, which is fine. And they're also called mission hymns. Okay. So either one. the terms They're are, interchangeable. The terms are interchangeable, All yeah. Right. But they both have this like almost militant mission right. to claim the world for Christ's kingdom. Oh. Yeah. Now I found a hymnal oh. that was published in 1874, so the, you know, the back yeah. end of the 1800s. Yeah. And it was just called Missionary Hymns. It was a hymnal oh. full of these songs. So there were so many in there that I had never heard of. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if our if our listeners know them. Songs like Speed Away no. by Fanny Crosby. No. Songs like Fling Out the Banner, Let It Float. What does that even mean? I have no like idea. Float on the air or on the water? How about Christians up? Exclamation point. The day is breaking. <laughs> Wake up. Christians up. <laughs> it's like a little calisthenics for Christians. So there were so many that I didn't know, but the ones that I did know mm-hmm. that I'm sure you know and maybe our listeners mm-hmm. know are like Onward Christian Soldiers. Yep. Christ for the world we sing. Take my life and let it be. Thine be the glory. Yep. yep. You know what else they have as a missionary hymn Mm. that is part of our podcast? We've done it already, and I would not have thought that it was a missionary hymn at all. But it was included in this missionary hymnal from 1874. I mean, is it Wherever He Leads, I'll Go? No, but that's a great one. I mean, that's a great one. Yeah. 
No, Carrie, it was Joy to the World. Aww. And I just think, Joy to, what an awesome song that awesome is. Awesome song. I mean, it's Advent. It's Christmas. It's missions. I think it's great. Right. Yeah. It's Christ's second coming. Yeah. Christ's I mean, everything. If you haven't listened to that podcast yet, you should yes. go and listen to Joy to the World because it's awesome. It's even though awesome. it's Even though it's not Christmas. <laughs> but really what we learned when we did yes. it was that it's not even a Christmas it, hymn. Right. So these songs have this energy, and there's often this kind of majestic, powerful feel mm-hmm. to it. You know, yeah. mission hymns present Christ as the triumphal monarch mm-hmm. who claims all the earth as his domain. Right. A vision to be fully realized in heaven as described in Revelation 7-9. It says, after this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. So, I mean, from what we are learning, we just love mission hymns. We do. I mean, I have these adjectives that describe them, Carrie. Determined, dynamic, energetic, expansive. So you would think, oh, these are all awesome. Right. But there are some problems with them. Oh, we need our new sound. (laughs) I know there are some problems and people, you know, people don't like them. And I heard that people don't like our Ours for this week. We have a story to tell to the nations for different reasons. What is their problem? Okay, so one of the problems that I even saw in some of the hymns that I found in that 1874 hymnal was, you know, some tones of of a little bit of racism, you know, we're better than them type of language. They're a little condescending. Our story, our religion, our civilization is superior to your story and your civilization. And I do think that that maybe was a feeling in missions, you know, back then. Right. Like, we're going to come here and change you. We're going to teach you the right way. You're going to be just like us. Right. And I think that mission, the goal of missions changed over the years. Right. I even feel like I've seen that in my lifetime. Me too. Me too. Because it's much more about being assimilated and living with the people right. and, and like meeting them where they are. Right. Yeah. Instead of saying you ha- stop whatever you're doing and do it our way. Right. And acknowledging that they have their stories and mm-hmm. their history and their culture and that that's important to them. Right. People complained that the missionary hymns had an us versus them mentality. Right. Us versus them. And even in We've a Story to Tell to the Nations, the phrase that they don't totally love there is when we say they will turn their hearts to the right. Mm-hmm. You know, evoking their, you know, wrong and and sinful and we're right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's that's really not even what we believe. We know we're full of sin, too. Right. We're all full of sin. We all need to turn our hearts to the right. Not, you know, not right. just them. I do see that the missionary hymns that from way back when, they haven't stood the test of time. They haven't. Mm. And this one has, but it still is, you know, not that popular and not sung that often. I know. I love the concept of it. Me too. I love the the, the building of the sharing the song, sharing the mm-hmm. story, sharing mm-hmm. the message. I love that. Um, but there are little parts of it that do sound a little outdated. Where's that sound? <laughs> Our little scandal. <laughs> Scandal in the hymnal world. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not really scandalous. No, it's not. But, but we can def- understand why people wouldn't. Right. And it's definitely when you sing a song and those words become the words that you sing and speak and meditate on, you want to make sure you are coming at it from the right direction and having the right perspective. Right. So let's hear, Carrie, about this guy who wrote We've a Story to Tell. All right. Let's hear about him. He was not a missionary. (laughs) Nope. He was not a missionary. But you know what? Neither are we. 
I mean, we were, we've been well, talking about missions a lot this week because in preparation for the podcast. I know. And it's like, that's not even right. We shouldn't say that he wasn't a missionary. <laughs> I should have just, that was wrong of me, you guys. I should have just said he wasn't a foreign missionary right. or he didn't right. go to foreign lands. But right. we are all called to be missionaries in our in our communities. Of course. So I'm sure this guy was a missionary. <laughs> and so are we. He just didn't travel very far from right. home in his whole life. In his whole life. And we talked about it of all the times that of the time that we spent at Gordon and our yeah. times in churches, we never went on a missions no, trip. No, we never did. And our kids had the opportunity to go a couple of summers ago. That's right. They went to the Dominican Republic With, on our church trip. Mm-hmm. And they loved it. They did. They loved it. And they want to go again. They mm-hmm. want to serve. It was mm-hmm. really formative for them. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I would love to see them do more. Right. You know, when all of this is over someday. Yeah, after COVID. Yeah. 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 All right. So the guy who wrote it, his name is H. H. Ernest Nickel. Nickel. Well, he's it's also Henry. Henry. How come we don't call him Henry? I don't know. So he used a pseudonym sometimes. You'll see music written by Colin Stern. Right. He often said that the music was by H. Ernest Nickel and the words were by Colin Stern. Oh, okay. okay. That <laughs> sounds healthy. Like the same guy. <laughs> <And> normal. <laughs> So what's interesting is Colin Stern is a pseudonym. That's an anagram. Right. We talked about this last week. Right. Again, another person is doing it. So I thought who else that we would know that has created an anagram of their name to use as a pseudonym. So to I remain fu- anonymous. To remain anonymous. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. So I found a few. All right. All right. So this guy, he goes by H.A. Large Lamb. And you think it's someone I know? <laughs> well, not personally. I mean, you'll never guess. Okay. Alexander Graham Bell. Oh. Yep. And another guy, uh, a playwright. Okay. Named Red Barn Wash. <laughs> George Bernard Shaw. Wow, we were just talking about George Bernard. <laughs> George Bernard, it's a different guy. <laughs> different guy. George Bernard wrote The Old Rugged Cross, but this is George Bernard Shaw. All right, now I have one more. Okay. This was a song called L.A. Woman, and in the song... The writer of the song wrote about Mr. Mojo Risen. (laughs) And the Mr. Mojo Risen is a pseudonym anagram. Okay, was it Mr. MR or M-I-S-T-E-R? No, MR dot Mojo and then Risen, but with the N apostrophe, no G. Mr. Mojo Risen from the song L.A. Woman. Jim Morrison. Yes! (laughs) Woohoo! wasn't expecting you to get it. I wasn't either. I just was trying to do the work. All right. And there's one more. Oh, gosh. Navkid Keed was an old man in a small role of the movie Mary Poppins. Navkid Keed. David? <laughs> it was actually Dick Van Dyke. Oh, my gosh. Dick Van Dyke played this extra old man in the show, and he was credited oh, right. at the end of the movie right. as Navkid right. Keed. That's did you cute. ever hear that? Yeah, I did. I did. All right, so I created some anagrams for us, Kelly, and Again. they're better than the ones you did last time. <laughs> so you, my friend, Kelly Sue Tropiano. Oh, gosh. You did the middle name, too. I did. Yeah. I did. Our Petunia Solo Keeler. Nice. <laughs> and I'm Carolyn Frazier, so I'm... Ariel Fern Scary. Wow. All right. So just call me Petunia. Just I like that me, name. Call me Ariel. Yep. All right. So his name is H. Ernest Nickel or Colin Stern. All right. So he was born on December 10th, 1862 
in Hull, England. Now, when it was time for him to go off to college, he originally planned to be a civil engineer, but then decided Mm. he had to study music. He graduated from Oxford with a degree in music, and he moved back to Hull as a performer and a teacher. He was actually the music master at Hull Grammar School. Oh. And he wrote the school hymn. Oh, wow. Now, I'm an elementary school music teacher. And you wrote your school and song. I wrote my Every school I've ever taught at, I've written the school song. That's and awesome. that's like what our Mr. Nickel did. That's awesome. He was the organist at the St. Andrew's Church. He was a conductor of different choral societies. He wrote books on choir training. Wow. So he was like a mixture of you and me. You know, <laughs> your guess. elementary grammar no, school. No, he did everything. Yeah, I he love did everything. that. everything. So he lived in Hull, England. Mm. So this is previously known as Kingston-upon-Hull because it's the city right on the River Hull. Okay. But now, of course, they just call it Hull. So do you know anything about Hull, England? No, I feel like I know something about Hull, Massachusetts. (laughs) (laughs) So Hull was this important location during World War I. I mean, the United Kingdom was relatively unaffected at the beginning of the war, and the first air raid attack happened in January of 1915. And then in June of that same year, Zeppelins dropped on the city. Eight Zeppelin raids happened during the course of the war. Um, It left 24 dead in Hull and 40 wounded. There was a big church in the middle of the city. Its stained glass actually melted. Oh, wow. Right, but the building remained standing. Zeppelins were aimed at, like, docks and railways, but, I mean, they inevitably hit the cities and residential areas. Yeah. So one Zeppelin landed right on the city's high street, fracturing water and gas mains. I mean, you know, World War one started in 1915. I mean, of course, Nickel wrote the hymn in 1896. Right, So right, we're not right. going to say that he was, you know, sort of affected by the war right. and wrote this song. But, I mean, he did live during this wartime, and he lived right in this area of England right. that was hit pretty hard. Yeah. I mean, he died in 1926, and mm-hmm. the World War One, you know, went, what, from 1914 to 1918? Right. He definitely lived through all of yeah. that. Yeah. And... You know, he did write these missionary mm. songs that sound kind of like battle songs. Right. I have a list of some songs. I mean, his hymns were called Marching Beneath the Banner. Wow. Facing the Foe, Soldiers of the Master. Wow. With a Right Good Will, and Forward for the Right. Mm. I mean, I thought we could sing one of these battle songs. Do you want to try yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, let's try it. All right, so we're going to sing... A, a hymn that he wrote called Facing the Foe. Mm-hmm. And it's just like what you said, Kerry. It says that H.E. Nickel over here on the right wrote the music. And over on the left, it says Colin Stern wrote the words. These two men, they're so talented. And they work so well together. <laughs> they're like twins. <laughs> they're almost like the same person. <laughs> All right. So this song is called Facing the Foe. And I cannot imagine singing this in a church service today. Facing the foe. My goodness. All right, ready? You want to show them? Yes. What is the noise of battle? What are the loud alarms? Born along is the shout of men, the clash of arms. See where the flag is flying. See where the swords are bright. Hark to the song of the warriors, brave of truth and right. Facing the foe together, fighting the fight of faith. 
strong to him who leads us on and true till death. Facing the foe together, fighting the fight of faith, strong in the might of the Lord our God and true till death. Trudel death. Trudel death. Well, and I have to say, the words in the other verses do mention Christ and right. the Lord more. Right. I mean, this really doesn't mention God until no. the very end. Right. But it, the other verses do. Right. Okay. But this is, I mean, this sounds to me like a patriotic song. Right. It sounds like you would be singing it, you know, as the troops are coming home to like, right. su- you know, support There would be some kind of patriotic parade. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's very interesting to me. And so uh, you can almost understand why these hymns didn't stand the test of time. Right. We talk so much about which hymns are still around today mm-hmm. and why. And, of course, we can talk about why some aren't. Right. Well, of course, this I don't think was even that widely known in its day. It was only published in two hymnals. So we certainly didn't show you one of Nichols' like most famous. I mean, I think you can maybe blame Colin Stern for that. Yes, yes, (laughs) yes, yes. All right. But he does seem to be like interested in the battle and the fighting, Mm -hmm. and that Mm -hmm. could have been a part of his life, Mm -hmm. that he just lived through a war, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that there is this, like, put on the armor of God. Mm-hmm. Go out and fight. You know, there is that. It comes right from the Bible. It and I, does. I think that there was this trend. You see it in songs like Onward Christian Soldiers. Yes. You know? Yes. Even like, That we were marching, that we marching. are fighting. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of see, you know, why these hymns, mm-hmm. you know, aren't popular today. Mm-hmm. You can see how someone living in 2021, you know, isn't probably going to want to sing about marching and fighting and battling. Right. No, you know? absolutely. Not. Right. And honestly, you know, the Christian crusade, that's kind of that's that's not a something that we're super proud of right. fighting and, you know, spreading the gospel, you know, in such an aggressive way. Right, right. You know, we don't want to do I mean, that. Jesus really didn't do anything like that. No. I mean, the only time no. he showed any any, uh, you know, aggression mm. was, you know, in the temple that day. Yes. But, I mean, that was one occurrence. Right. For a very specific reason, not just you to know, a specific group of people, right? Not just like anywhere in the world, right. because you don't believe what we believe. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I, I, I see why we don't. They're not as popular, mm-hmm. and I see how th- why they've evolved. You know, when I think mm-hmm. of a a modern song that is about missions. Mm-hmm. You know, I think of a song like A New Hallelujah. Right. Which, you know, isn't even that modern. It's, you know, 20, 30 years old. But, right. you know, that's talking about spreading the gospel to mm-hmm. near and far places. Mm-hmm. And it's not, you know, aggressive. I mean, I do like this hymn for a few different reasons. Yes. I mean, I do think the some most of the words are very good. Yes. I think it is fun to sing. Mm-hmm. For me as a piano player, it's actually really fun yeah. to play. I almost feel like it has this like classical feeling yeah. to it. Could it be like a Schubert or a Schumann? Yeah. yeah. I yeah. like it. I love the second verse. Um, mm. We have a song to be sung to the nations. You know, because as much as, as you say, you know, we have this this message to give and we're giving mm-hmm. it, it's still singing a song. Right. You know. Um, and a song doesn't have to be aggressive unless no. it's that facing the foe song. Facing foe. <laughs> no, but then you have to keep going. The song will be sung to the nations that shall lift their hearts to the Lord. Mm. A song that shall conquer evil. I mean, that's not false. Right. And shatter the spear and sword. So it's almost like it's saying, you know, it doesn't have to be this battle. Right. And it's we, the song. The song is going to bring peace. Right. 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 It, that, and that's wonderful. I do. I love that. Now, 
there is a little bit of controversy. Yeah. Oh, here's that sound. Uh-oh. <laughs> around this refrain. Right. Um, and again, we, the refrain is really fun to sing, and I like it. Right. But if you're really diving into the words, tell us what you learned, Cal. So, I mean, the, the words of the refrain, for the darkness shall turn to dawning, and the dawning to noonday bright, and Christ's great kingdom shall come on earth. The kingdom of love and light. And I mean, as soon as I like looked up those words and was reading articles about this hymn, it just brought up this huge thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, people were disagreeing about what the end of days will look like, you know, that mm. eschatological <laughs> viewpoint. That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, they, and I learned that there is a post millennialism. Okay. There is an a millennialism, and there's a pre millennialism. What's that? I know, What's I know. That? I have no idea what you're talking. About. I know, and I feel like there's going to be Christians and theologians who are listening who are like, "Yeah, I totally get that." And then there's going to be some people who are like, "What?" Right. right. Well, give us the you know. So there's millennialism for dummies. <laughs> What's that? Pre millennial, post millennial, and a millennial. Basically, it comes from the interpretation that's found in Revelation 21 through 7. What does the Bible <laughs> say? Yeah. So there's, I mean, you can look up Revelation 21 through 7. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all of John's visions for the end of days. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding in his hand the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain. Mm. And he seized the dragon, that ancient serpent who was the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years and threw him into the pit and shut it and sealed it over him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were ended. After oh. that, he must be loosed for a little while. And then it goes on to more prophecy about those thousands years. Satan's doom. Um, in verse 3 it says, and when the thousand years are ended, Satan will be loosed from his prison. So there's all of these viewpoints on what this thousand years is going to look like. Okay. And, um, and you know, there's a lot of teaching on Revelation. And right. I am definitely not an expert. No, no, neither am I. And you can read and read and read and have so many different opinions. And how would you know which, you know, which one was the right one? Um, so, but just a little bit, mm-hmm. the premillennial viewpoint is basically that the church will convert the world. And then Christ will return. Jesus will return and establish his kingdom on earth for a thousand years. That could be symbolic. It could be literal, you know. But there won't be a secret rapture before the time of the great tribulation. The new people of God is the church. The promises made to Israel will be fulfilled in the history of the church, Mm -hmm. both before Mm -hmm. and after the second coming. That's like a real classical premillennial viewpoint. And okay. of course, then there's a dispensationalist premillennial. What's that? Premillennialism. Kelly, you can't even say it. I can't it. even say it. And that's that Christ will rapture his church before the great tribulation. The truth is, is that we don't know. You can kind of interpret the scripture to be both of those ways. But are there people out there who say, absolutely, this is the right way? Absolutely, uh, this. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Now, the thing that I think is interesting, when this hymn was written, and when a lot of these missionary hymns were written, Mm -hmm. they would say things like, the darkness shall 
turn to dawning, mm-hmm. the dawn, dawning to noonday bright, and Christ's great kingdom shall come to earth, as if those two are cause and effect, like the darkness will turn to dawning. People will know and people will understand, and that is when Christ's great kingdom will come. Now, unfortunately, this viewpoint became less and less popular mm-hmm. because we were living through war after war and corruption after corruption. So it didn't feel like the world was getting better and better anymore. So honestly, that viewpoint is not as common nowadays. Mm -hmm. It kind of fizzled out. And I do think that that's one of the reasons why these mission hymns fizzled out. Right. Because it's not what they believe anymore. You know, when you when and I think of Ernest Nickel living through World War One. One. Yeah. You know, and and seeing that, how is the world getting better right. in preparation for Christ's return? It doesn't seem like it is. Right. So the the missionary hymns kind of changed after that. Right. So some people really put hold a lot of weight with these viewpoints yeah, I and I, they can talk about it a lot. And you could say it doesn't really matter. What mm-hmm. we believe in Jesus, we believe he's triumphant in the end and we believe right. we will be with right. him. You know, um, but it does end up being important when you're singing songs that might skew people to one view and not another. You want to make sure that you're singing a song that is indeed what you believe and what your church believes to be true. And you don't want it to be a hindrance to somebody's worship if they are, you know, looking at the words and kind of getting themselves worked up or confused or even like mad about it. Like, this is, I don't want to sing this. Right. Yeah. You don't want to pick that hymn. So, I mean, I look at that refrain. The darkness will turn to dawning, Mm -hmm, the dawning mm -hmm. to noonday bright, and Christ's great kingdom shall come to earth. So it's like two totally true facts that will happen, but Mm. they don't happen in that necessarily in that order. Right. You know, yes, someday the darkness will be dawn. Like, yes, I'm not going to argue with you whether it's, you know, before the thousand years or after. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And I think most Christians are like that. But I know that there are podcasts out there that dig way deep into oh, these. they would spend like two hours talking about just one, just one of those words. And I just did a quick, like, right, you know. Right. You did a good job, Kelly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So we love the hymn. Right. And, and, and I'm thinking of Sandra, Carrie. Right. Sandra wanted this hymn. Right. And so what does she think of that theology? Sandra was... Saying I mean, that, we know she loves Jesus. And we know she loves music. But, but is she a premillennialist? <laughs> I can't wait to ask her. No, she was saying that she was reading about Paul in the Bible during yep. her daily devotion. And Paul was just, you know, one of those go get him action, yep. all about action. Go, go, go. And she felt like Paul's attitude mm. could have inspired this hymn. And she oh. she wanted to, like, dig into that. And we don't see any evidence that no. it comes no. from Paul. There is a lot of Bible in this in this, But hymn, there's though. a lot of Bible. And like we said at the beginning, it is in response to the Great Commission. Yeah. I mean, the, the biggest Bible verse that I would point to is Mark 13, 10. And he says, the gospel must first be proclaimed to all nations. Mm -hmm. The gospel must first be proclaimed to all nations. That's the song. Right. We will tell the story. We will proclaim it to all nations. And I think we should sing the song right now. Oh, my gosh. We're going (laughs) to sing it for you guys. We have not, like, sung, you know, in a a podcast, like, the full hymn. So, yeah, today's the day. We're going to do it. And this is really exciting because we have... Kelly's daughter singing with us. This is my niece, Tessa. She has such a pretty voice. Yep, this is for you, Sandra. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so here is We Have a Story to Tell to the Nations. We have a story. 
Thank you, Tessa. All right, I really loved singing today. That was I fun. I did too. I did too. You know, I felt like we needed a drum beat. Don't do it. We <laughs> yeah. got to march. Yeah. We got to have that yeah. like snare drum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. I mean, I hope that this song really, you know, inspired you to be a missionary in your mm-hmm. own world, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we can we should have that same urgency right. and that same excitement yeah, for and, proclaiming the gospel. Right. And I love that Sandra thought of Paul. So this is 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 21. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. Mm. We are new creatures in Christ. And for that, we can rejoice, we mm. can be thankful, yeah. and we can sing praises to God. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Him Talk, Talk, Twin Talk. Talk. And thank you, Sandra, for the awesome suggestion. If you have a song you want us to yes. do on Him Talk, Twin Talk, please let us know. Yes, you can reach out to us on social media because we're getting so good at it. <laughs> we're getting there. Send us a tweet or a DM or a PM or an IM. <laughs> All right, everyone. We'll see you next time. Keep singing. Yes. Good night. Good night.